Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, South Bay Spotlight, on May 9th, 2019. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just this that. This segment of the South Bay Show is brought to you by Your Actualized Visions. A local advertising agency, Your Actualized Visions offers all your advertising needs under one roof. From logo design, business cards, banners, and signage, to online services such as website design, SEO management, promotional videos, reputation management, and loyalty promotions, you name it and Your Actualized Visions will handle it for you on time and under budget. Built on the needs of their clients, your Actualized Visions is competitively priced and economical, saving you money and greatly enhancing your bottom line. At Your Actualized Visions, customer service is all local with one point of contact. No more dealing with robo-answering machines, getting the runaround, or speaking to someone in another country. Your Actualized Visions understands your hyper-local advertising needs and focuses on bringing you real clients. They do not buy likes, followers, or fake results. Your campaigns are real, built with real community followers who want to purchase your services and products. The only thing standing in the way of your company's success is you now picking up the phone right now and calling your actualized visions at 310-413-8773. To learn more about what your actualized visions can do for you and your company, visit the website at youractualizedvisions.com. Your Actualized Visions, your dreams today, not someday. I'm your host, Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose, that's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. And, of course, I'm not alone because of our great partnership with SouthBayByJackie.com and executive producer of the South Bay Show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, how are you today? I am still recuperating from the weekend. (laughs) From Willie? (laughs) From Willie and Ziggy and Bobby and, oh, boy, yeah, yeah. Um, For for those who uh, have been, uh, I don't know, uh, under a sand yeah. dune or something all week. We had the Beach Life Festival this past weekend. Three days right. of uh, music and food and drink and art and all sorts of lots of stuff going on down there. It was terrific. It was the inaugural event. Um, uh, literally went off without a hitch, uh, which is which is quite a feat I, considering. Uh, yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> well, you know, I was just going to uh, support what you've said that it was. You know, Alan has been planning this for a decade. It was so well planned, so well executed. Uh, Redondo PD, uh, Manhattan PD, everyone, everyone was ready. Uh, it was, it was great. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned the PD because I actually had to sit down a video interview with Chief, Chief Kaufman for the from Redondo. Uh, the first day, the second first day of the event, I can't remember now. Uh, it's all blurring together, uh, <laughs> but it, it it was terrific. Um, all of the things that people get nervous about, 
you know, with these sort of things didn't didn't happen. You you were driving. There was no traffic. Right. Uh, right. It, it 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 all it all worked out beautifully. I am still going because you know it was three days. It was it was like ten hours each each day for three days, and then you know once right. that's all said and done, you. You got, you got work to do, you know, for, for bloggers and photographers, you know, got downloaded and stuff. I was up until 12.30, 1.30, 2.30 in the morning. It was nuts. And it still hasn't ended because just over the last couple of days, my photographer, the fabulous Sam Spence, uh, you know, sent photo dumps. You know, he sent me a big photo dump day one, mm. photo dump day two, and I just yeah. got day three yesterday. Yeah. And I'm, I'm working on uh, slideshows for each day of the event so that I can – I can post those so everybody can see the amazing pictures. So my work is not mm-hmm. done yet. You know, I imagine I'll be, I'll still be going nonstop, you know, straight through the weekend to get this stuff done. Uh, so everybody bear with me, but the the wait for the yeah. photographs will be worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so there's, there's two things I, I want to say. One thing is Jackie, WWWND. Do you know what that means? What is that? No. What would Willie Nelson do? <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I got. Oh, that's w, that's yeah. WWJD. What would Jesus do? WWJD. Yeah, actually, you know, well, I, I yeah, have a meme. WWWND. <laughs> what would Willie do? What was it? NB or MB? Willie what, Nelson. What is less? I know Will. I know Willie Nelson. as in Nancy, D as in David. Well, first off, it's not WWW. It's WW. What would WW? Oh, Willie. Yeah, WWW do N D. What would what would Willie Nelson do? www like the internet www oh, okay. All right. okay 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 you know there is a meme what would Jackie a banner. Do? you know that right right yeah that was yeah. a banner <laughs> at the festival and I, that, yeah. I can't tell you how many people came up with essentially the same answer because it's a meme right out there what would Willie Nelson do he well the 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 most colorful answer was he would get um lit up or something like that. You know, we'll go we'll go with that. He'd get lit up. Well his but his I also, his famous his famous song is Roll Me Up and Smoke Me When I Die. Yes. Of course. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And he's in heaven in California so, because in California recreational marijuana use is, is legal. So I'm sure he's very happy. Right. He could have smoked on stage if he I wanted to. I think he was happy. And I have to say also though, Jackie, that when you look at this event, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with local residents, you know, uh, long-term residents, if not native Californians, who simply did not know that um, the Beach Life Festival has a 10-year contract, and there are going to be two events per year for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of yes. people don't know that still. Well, the Beach Beach Life Festival is going to be an annual spring event for the next 10 years. And then Sanford is going to do something else in the fall. It's not going to be Beach October. Life Festival. It's going to be it's going to be something else. So we don't we don't know exactly yeah. what's going to happen in the fall, but 
uh, Sanford Ventures or whatever the name of the company is that's doing it. They they signed a contract to do two events for ten years for the next ten years. And right. Beach Life is going to be an annual annual thing in the spring. So, but we don't know what's coming in the fall. Right. So, oh boy, something else to look forward to. And if it's three days, actually no, I'm smart to have <laughs> because you know. I've never done anything like this because there's never been anything like this in the South Bay. So I have yeah. never yeah. attended a three-day thing like this and worked it. You know, I mean, I wasn't sitting there on the grass listening uh-huh. to bands. As a matter of fact, yeah. my Fitbit started resetting itself. I get, I get to like, you know, thirty thousand steps, and it would automatically reset itself to zero. I was, <laughs> I, I was, I was walking like twenty-five miles a day. It was nuts. It was nuts with the walking, oh, but anyway, I, I got to figure that out. I got to call Fitbit and say, how do I get this to keep going? Um, but yeah, yeah so, so you know, I'm I'm bringing on a whole team with me for the next event. I'm bringing okay. in a bunch of young people okay. that, who, whose legs and backs okay. don't get sore uh, running around for 10 hours a day. Right. Yeah, so, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was terrific. <laughs> it, it, it was terrific. And everybody stay tuned. Right. For the photographs, um, I'll post them to my website and my YouTube page. So just uh, be patient. Have be patient with me. All right. But okay. anyway, I can't wait. Can we? Uh, yeah. The, uh, our our topic today. I'm very interested in what we're going to be talking about today. We have an expert. I'm very very excited about this. I've been hearing things, but you know, I'm I'm not a real estate expert. You're not a real estate expert. So it's always yeah. good to have a real estate you know right. an expert on to tell us what's going on. I've heard rumors back and forth. You hear stuff on the news, but as we know, the news can skew things to sound either good or bad. Fake news. You know, Fake on... news. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, shall we get to it, Joe? Jackie, who, who is our guest today? Our guest this morning, we have a returning guest this morning, local real estate professional, David Kissinger. Now, David is a real estate lobbyist, web developer, and professional writer in the greater Los Angeles area. He is also the director of government affairs for the South Bay Association of Realtors in Florence. Now, in this capacity, he represents 4,000 realtors in the South Bay and works closely with the California Association of Realtors and the National Association of Realtors, the nation's largest nonpartisan trade association with over 1 million members, in order to assist realtors all over the U.S. help their clients buy or sell a home. Now, Joe, this morning we'll be discussing several topics, including, you know, the overall housing supply, which is always an issue, issue, you know, things that come with that, traffic, density, rent control, and the very controversial bill out of Sacramento, SB50. Now, all of these issues will be covered during the Housing Forum, which is a half-day conference taking place tomorrow, Friday, May 10th, from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Toyota Meeting Hall, and it's hosted by the South Bay City Council of Governments and the South Bay Association of Realtors. I hear that they already have a whole bunch of people registered for this event, so it's going to be good. Welcome back to the program, David. We're so glad you could join us this morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Good morning, David. <clears throat> good to have you. So, so first of all, where is the Toyota Meeting Hall? I'm sorry, Jackie, I'm not familiar with that venue. The Toyota Meeting Hall, I wasn't familiar with it very much either until about a few weeks ago. It is really close to uh, City Hall, 
Torrance City Hall. It's uh-huh. a gorgeous, fantastic facility. Um, it's really a great public facility that um, your group can use or any group can use for public meetings or events or maybe even parties or, you know, anything like that. It's, I met with the facilities manager a few days ago, a fantastic gentleman, um, very responsive, responsible, easy to work with. It's just a really good venue, uh-huh. and it's, it's a thrill that the city of Torrance in particular has this resource to offer to the community. So I'm, we're using it, as you know, for the, and we're partnering with the South Bay Cities Council of Governments, and we're delighted to be working with them to be using this facility, and, and other groups should take advantage of it as well. It's a really a great spot. Isn't David, isn't that well, in the Toyota Civic, isn't it in the Civic Center? It is. It's 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 yeah. sort of there's a there's that large facility. There's the a county courthouse. There's um, right library, Torrance City Hall. The mayor's office is sort of down the street, and it's all kind of right in that area. Yeah, yeah. No, there, that that the, the Civic Center has several fantastic facilities such as that. So, uh, yeah, that's where it is. Right. Okay. So there is scarcely a subject, David, that is more talked about or more, you know, contentious than real estate in the South Bay. It's something all people who own homes talk about perhaps every day, twice a day, three times a day, and renters talk about a few times a week and so forth and so on. So what what would you say, David, is the number one misconception or, you know, uh, preconception that people have about real estate that is false. The, oh boy, that's a tough question. I think the number one, and I would actually want to leave it to an agent, real estate agent, to answer this. Just so your listeners know, I'm not actually a real estate agent myself. Um, I am an uh-huh. employee here at the Association of Realtors, and so I know that um, agents listening would be wanting to burn up your phone lines and answer that for you. But I would think. I'm thinking about some recent surveys that were done, like surveys of millennials and, and uh, potential future home buyers. And I'm hearing out there that a lot of folks, especially young folks, are saying, well, you know, owning a home just isn't for me. Like, I don't really think I need a home. I want to travel. Like, I don't want a responsibility. I don't want to be, you know, stuck in one place. I don't want to the, – the only home that I can afford to buy today is – in a neighborhood or a city or a state that I don't want to be in. I have a lot of student debt. You know, so these are a lot of things that add up. And that is, that is an issue for our industry that we need to work with. You know, for those folks that would otherwise desire to own a home or aspire to live a home or be qualified to live in a home, these are some hurdles that they need to overcome. And so right. what, I would, what I would say is, is really sit down and work this stuff out. Do do what I didn't do when I was in my 20s, which is really grind through, you know, your finances, your career prospects. What is your, what is your salary? What kind of salary do you aspire to in 10 years, and 15 years, and 20 years? These are long-term things, you know. I mean, um, and, and you've heard our industry say frequently, well, you know, buying a home is the best investment <clears throat> you'll ever have. It's a giant investment. Um, you know, you'll get equity, and and that is all true. But it's also your your place, right? It's your crib. It's your place to live. If you want to raise a family and have kids, that is where you do it. You want to have dogs, you want to have friends over, that's where you do it. It's, you know, it's a very, it's a very deeply personal and an effective environment. And so uh, mm-hmm. we do want to provide tools to, um, for those folks to explore it. Homeownership isn't for everybody. 
you know, and I want to be honest about that too. Not everyone should own a home for again for very deeply personal no. reasons, for reasons, and all that sort of thing. And so, you know, uh, you'll never hear me running around saying, "Oh, you should buy a home just because you should buy a home." You know, it, it doesn't work that way. Really, um, we we are also very supportive of of renters and rental tenancy. Um, you know, renting is a valid tool. I'll tell you. I'll just get some personal stuff about me from time to time if you want. I mean, at the moment. Uh, my wife and I are renting a home in the city of Long Beach. I used to own a home, and I sold it, and I would aspire to own a home in the future. And that's what you do. You know, sometimes you rent, sometimes you own, depending on what the, your various conditions of life are. So we support yeah. all of it. Um, rental tenancy is also um, my other favorite phrase. Rental tenancy is the first rung on the ladder that would lead towards, towards homeownership for those who want it. Which not everyone does, but that. Mm-hmm. It all comes together you know, that way. I'll tell you, David, I have a sister that has rented her whole life because she has no interest in the upkeep a home takes. Uh, I, I, seriously, she wants to just be able to call a superintendent and have him take everything. She has zero interest in it, never had right. any desire to own a home because it is a lot of work. you know. And, and, and granted, today in a lot of places, rents are almost as high as mortgages. Uh, but in, in most places mm-hmm. they aren't, you know, mm-hmm. and some people, you know, she, her and her husband have better things to do with their life than maintain a home. Right. And she's always felt that way. You're right. So they're, you know, obviously for a lot of people, it's it's a financial issue. They can't afford it or it would wrap up all, all their cash. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you're right. There are all sorts of reasons why people just don't want to deal with, buy, you know, owning a home. But, sure. um and that is her judgment, obviously, and you know I, I know that she will find that. So they, um, and, and it's not my business what her situation is. But for example, you know if yeah. they, uh, homeownership is also a wealth building tool. Um, you know, it, I mean, it's not a guarantee. There are no guarantees in life, but it is a tool to help you build wealth, yeah. and it's a very valid tool. So maybe um, she or others may want to use homeownership as a means. Of building yeah. a nest egg for retirement, you know, when you can sell your home now, and retire to something to another location. No, yeah, David, I have to tell you, I bought a home in Hermosa Beach mm-hmm. in 1999, uh, 2000, 1999, 2000. I sold it in 2003. I made probably 128,000 of free cash. Mm-hmm. When I sold the home, uh, uh, I I sunk a good chunk of that money into starting a business, and if I had held on to the home, which I wish I had done, I would have uh-huh. probably made half a million dollars by now, maybe more. Yeah, yeah. And I say I have to say, David, it was the worst financial decision of my life to sell that home. And uh, you know so, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? I mean, you sold yeah. the home at the time you did for reasons that you had, and they were to start the, a business, which I was they were it was thrilled about. Yeah, so it was a great reason that and the great reason to sell a home to use that money for a let's say a productive purpose, <laughs> and you did it using the best information that you had at the time. I mean, and, and, uh, and maybe we'll get into that, you know, but um, you know these prices have been going up quite a bit. The very same happened to me in the city of Long Beach when I bought my home in right around 2000 um, for $264,000. sold it in 2012 maybe for 
for fifty, and Woo! now I've heard that it sold a few more times and had a new bathroom added on, a new room added on. I think it sold recently for seven eighty. Yeah. To me well, it's here's absurd. the. I mean, you know, here, but it's, here's it's what here, here's a fact of life, and this is this is and this is something I've heard <laughs> almost from the day I've lived here, and we've been here thirty years. Yeah. Uh, if you if you live in the South Bay and you sell your home, chances are you're not going to be able to get back in the South Bay. I I know so many people mm-hmm. that that, is ha- that has happened to. They their home goes way up in value, and they sell it. They think, oh wow, let me let me let me let me sell this. It's worth this much. We can make a bunch of money on it. And right. and you know maybe they will go and rent an apartment for a year or two, and they can't get back in because mm-hmm. the prices are going up so mm-hmm. fast. I've seen it happen across the board. And, and you know, so many people that I've talked to that have said, yeah, our family's growing. We need more room. Uh, we can't afford anything bigger here. We're thinking maybe we'll move. We love living here, but we'll move for a couple of years. I'm like, no, you're better off adding on to what you got because if you, if you sell and you move, you're not getting back in. I mean, right. unless you're super mm-hmm. wealthy, which is a completely different situation. But for the, for the, right. for the regular person, yeah, you're, you're not going to get sure. back in. And and a, and a, and a, another common scenario related to that is, for example, um, let's say an elderly couple um, or an elderly homeowner. Maybe their kids have moved out and they're living their own lives. You know, maybe they have a large home um, that has many bedrooms and many bathrooms, and they don't need it. And they, it's difficult and expensive to maintain. You know, um, mm-hmm. and so they sit. And maybe they've owned it since the 70s. And I'm, I'm basically telling you, my parents. Um, Mm-hmm. Southern California are in that mm-hmm. very situation. At some future date, they're going to sell. They want to downsize. They maybe want to live closer to their grandkids. They maybe want to um, have a, you know a tinier place to leave. It's easier or live in. Sorry, it's easier to maintain. You know, it, all those goods closer to other personal needs or medical needs or closer to a church or closer to you know volunteerism or whatever it is that they want to do. So they would downsize. Many elderly folks can't downsize because then they're going to take that tax hit. You know, when the, when the new home. Yeah. So, like, if if you've owned your home since early 1970s or let's say 1976, you know, and you're paying 1976 taxes on this giant home that's been going up maybe one or two percent a year since then, and all of a sudden you have a new home where you're paying, you know, 2019 or 2020 taxes. Right. For a tinier home at half the size, you may even you may spend that much more in taxes, which you cannot do. If you're on a fixed income, right. if you're Living on just your own nest egg that you've been holding on to, and that is another struggle. That's a um, there are ways around it. Uh, something called uh, Proposition 60 and Proposition 90, uh, but you know it's still it's an unresolved issue. We would like to see it expanded more statewide. Uh, you can only yeah, move and, to maybe 11 uh, different counties in California on that. Yeah, you know it's interesting that what you're talking about, David, is um, not only that, but a lot of times because. Oh, maybe maybe ten years ago, my husband and I looked into maybe getting something smaller, uh, and mm-hmm. and you're you're going to pay just as much for something smaller as what you sell your house for now. So you're literally using the you're it's costing you the same amount of money to move into something smaller, which makes absolutely no sense to me. You right. know, plus the additional mm-hmm. you know ta- ta- tax burden. So yeah, so it's it's all very upside down. Uh, <laughs> but mm-hmm. but just in general. Uh, David, what is what is the 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 housing supply now? Um, and when we when we're talking about the South Bay, what is your what is your definition of the South Bay? Do you include like Carson and Inglewood with that? I, um, so the the area that 
we serve, the South Bay Association of Realtors, we serve everything from LAX to the Port of Los Angeles, all of the beach cities, okay. Torrance, um, out to Carson. We do serve San Diego, I'm sorry, San Pedro, Harbor City, Wilmington. This is what, yeah. I, this is what happens to me when I talk without coffee in the morning, right? Um, <laughs> we, um, my area does not serve the the PV cities or Inglewood, but there are neighboring associations of realtors. And we do team up, for example, with the South Bay Cities Cog that does cover all of those areas. So um, that's kind of the group. And, and actually, the, the the bio you read on me, I think, was from the last time I was on this show, which was a couple of years ago. And so just to show how much yeah. it changed, we're actually now representing closer to 4,800 real estate agents. Wow. So wow. Uh, I think maybe last time we talked, we were closer to uh, when the bottom of the market, when things are really down, our membership was down and a lot of people did leave the business, you know, um, and then things started picking up again. And then we kind of see that over time, you know, it ebbs and flows in terms of the, the number of, of realtors who are working in our area. And I'm sure that's the same elsewhere, too. You know, it, it does kind of flow with the economy. Um, yeah, that's every industry. That, it works right. that way with every industry, right? <laughs> right, for sure. So, yeah, so, so what is what what is the housing supply situation just like in general right now in the South Bay in, that, in the area? That is actually my favorite topic right now. I'm really excited about this, and I I'm only excited to think about it because it's also difficult and it's sometimes painful and it's really problematic. But the matter of supply, which is to say, there is just not enough, and there's no way around this the hard numbers um i mean we'll get into density and sb50 and all that in a minute but just in pure numbers the demand is much far greater than the supply so there have been a couple studies floating around out there that statewide in california going back 20 years that we are maybe between two and three million units behind so in other words that means in california there should be at least two million more units of housing on the ground right now than there are. And the fact that there are not, you know, just shows what the limitations are. And so the symptoms of the inability to find housing are kind of what we talked about, that it's really expensive, <coughs> that you can't find what you're looking for, you know, uh, that elderly folks can't move out uh, because everything else is priced so high. Um, on the rental side, we see things like rent control coming up. Rent control is a function of the fact there is just not enough supply, and so rental rates are, are quite high. Um, we're seeing other symptoms. Um, one of our biggest concerns, uh, which affects us daily, but we we don't have a lot of influence over, is the fact that, um, yes, sure, we can say that housing costs are rising, both on the rental and, and the ownership side. But they're also, you can say that housing costs are rising faster than wages are rising. So, you know, mm -hmm. you're making a certain salary, maybe you get a raise, you know, maybe you change jobs, you get a higher salary. Whatever is happening to the average person out there, apparently, you know, that person's salary is not rising as fast as housing costs. So it's a perpetual game mm -hmm. of catch-up that you're just not going to win because mm -hmm. okay. the demand okay. is so okay. high. Okay, but I have to ask you something because <clears throat> I hear this on the news all the time mm -hmm. that – that California is losing people. People are moving out of the state, you know. And so, so if people, all these people are leaving, why are we? Ha why aren't there homes available? Or is, is it strictly the more the more desirable area? Like you know, because the South Bay is a desirable. You know, any anywhere along the coast is a desirable right. area to live. I, so, I think that's so, a big part of it. You know. Yeah. 
the coast is de- the coast is desirable. The weather is great here. I mean, it's foggy today, which is annoying, but the weather is great here. The South Bay is in a fantastic location. We're located between two of the largest economic drivers in the United States, which are LAX and the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach. In our area, there are major universities. Um, two of the top universities in the world, USC and UCLA, are located, you know, here. Um, there's several other fantastic universities. There's all sorts of jobs. There's there, there's so much there's diversity here, you know. There, there's so much um, going for us. It's really fantastic. So yes, people do desire to be here. Um, that said, I, you know, I've heard the stories that people are leaving the state. I'm sure they are. I can tell you personal anecdotes of people I know. A cousin of mine moved to Idaho last year for this very reason, um, and. So I'm not an economist. I don't know the exact numbers of how to work it out, but my guess would be that you know people may be leaving for various kinds of reasons that have been well studied out there. Um, but maybe the divide is so great, 3 million units, 2 million units, that's an awful lot. It's, it's just a lot. Mm. Well, know, yeah, the, while, they, a, lot, a lot of that was, you know, a lot of the companies are leaving California, moving to places like Texas, and a lot of their employees are going with them. You know, we just had... Who do we just have in the South Bay uh, go go to Texas? Was that Honda? Was that Honda? Toyota? Who uh, was it? Who Toyota. Which big Toyota? Yeah, sorry. I get all those Japanese car companies mixed up. Sorry. Uh, and 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 I know several people that worked for that company that they they all moved to Texas and they have huge homes that cost very little money. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> and, and so, well, yeah, you're right. They do, and, and people can choose to do that. But then again, you know, it it comes down to. A, a bunch of different personal choices that we all make, you know, like my job is moving mm-hmm. to Texas. They may offer me more money. Do I want to travel to Texas? You know, I'm also here in this area because my families are here. My aging parents are here. My community, my church, my kids are in school here. Um, you know, my spouse has a job over here. And so there's a lot of judgments that everyone has to make. And, and all those kind of come together and conspire to lead you to make certain choices as to what you're going to do. You know, um, yeah. for the same rate that people are coming into California at a certain rate. I don't know if it's more or less people are leaving California. Uh, what I can tell you, just looking on the ground, we still see this imbalance. Um, yeah. We still see that there's just not enough supply for all the people that, well, there's not enough places to stick people, right? So, you know, um, mm. yeah. We could get into they homelessness. That's a whole other hour on your show. Talk about homelessness. Yeah. And there are many factors, many factors contributing to homelessness, and we can't influence all of them, um, and I know this is a big debate at the county and local cities as well. Yeah, no, we've actually done a couple of shows on the homelessness issue with some homeless experts. We love having the experts, right. don't we, Joe? Um, but yes, actually, Joe, do. now is a good time. Let's, uh, let's do a station break, um, and mm-hmm. when we come back, I want to I get into things like density and SB50. All right? SB50, ladies right. and gentlemen. You're listening. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the South Bay Show. We're on two times a week, Thursday morning at 8 and Friday morning at 8 on Thursdays. We're the South Bay Spotlight, and we're spotlighting current events and issues in the South Bay generally. And on Friday at 8 a.m., we have Manhattan Beach Chamber 360, which is sponsored by the Manhattan Beach Chamber and focuses on businesses from Manhattan Beach and the business climate generally speaking, in Manhattan. Please join us and share this show with all your friends and relatives and neighbors in the South Bay. Everyone needs to uh, join us and uh, comment on these programs so that we can have a, a great 
conversation going uh, in the South Bay that isn't fake news. We want real news, don't we, Jackie? <laughs> yes, we are not the fake news. So listen, I know that <clears throat> a while back, David, uh, the city of Redondo Beach had, I don't know if I'm using the right word, put a moratorium on um, mixed use uh development in Redondo am I is that is that the correct uh nomenclature I, there yeah that was oh boy that was a couple of years ago uh, um, oh oh so it, is it, it, it's no longer in effect then I I believe it still is um sorry mayor brand I don't know if you're listening um I think it still is in effect I I haven't been focusing as much on that lately but I do remember the spirit of it and I do remember a lot of um some of the discussion that came out of it yeah, so so things like that are happening, uh, not just mm-hmm. not just here in the South, but but in other places. Um, I don't know. I I really honestly don't understand why why people don't like mixed juice. Uh, it works. It works in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of have you, in Chicago. Kinda have, it, you kind of have built-in culture. You know what I mean? I mean, if you have people yeah. living above the pizzeria, you have people that are going to eat at the pizzeria. You know, so. Um, so, so while cities are doing that, uh, while some it's it's a, I'm trying to connect this to the SB 50 bill. Um, would would you be mm-hmm. a better person to to who who wants to take that? So I I think <laughs> I well I think I know where you're I think I know where you're going with this, Jackie. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, it, it, a lot of it comes down to just density itself. Uh, density is a it's it's a scary word and it can mean a lot of different things and and evoke a lot of different images in people right it all comes down to again where you live and how you live is a deeply personal choice and there's no wrong way to go about that um right so right. my own personal so what, view what and this is, is SB 50 what, what what is it so uh, so SB 50 is a um a bill that's working its way around Sacramento right now. It's um, uh, the author is a senator from San Francisco, Scott Weiner, who did <coughs> a similar bill last year called SB 827. Um, and I'm just going to super paraphrase it, but well, 827 last year basically tried to say, you know, um, if you want to put a, a building in an area that's within certain proximity to a, a transit center, a transit stop, then um, basically the city cannot impose certain zoning requirements, especially height limits, density limits, parking restrictions on you. And the idea that came out of that was for, to say, like, hey, so if you you know, live close to public transportation, then take public transportation, and you should be able to live in the denser area. So I want to get into that a little bit, and is that okay? And maybe we can go deeper on SB 50. Well, well, Density, well, we yeah. can, we we can. I just want to, I just want to mention, I had a call, mm-hmm. I have a caller, uh, Christian Horvath, uh, who sits on the uh, hmm. Redondo Beach City Council, has called in, and Joe, you know, we've made it when we don't give out the number, and we have council members calling in. All right, I'm just saying that. So yeah. I have, yeah. uh, I have, yeah. I have, I have Christian on the line here. Well, welcome, Christian. How are you? Hey, good morning, Jackie, Joe, and David. All right, so good we're just going to let David. We're going to have David take us through uh, SB 50. So, so David, you go ahead. So SB 50 is still being written right now, and maybe what I'm telling you is 
at some point is not going to be valid or at a future date, and maybe Christian, I'm sure you can correct me. Um, SB 50 was kind of an updated version of the bill last year that had died, SB 827. Um, the author that, as I understand, I, I won't speak for the author, but as I understand the author of the bill sort of sort of softened it a little bit and to maybe not be so aggressive towards local cities. And I think I'm looking at the bill's digest right now. And so uh, among other things at a super basic level, what it does is allows for um, construction of up to four uh, units in an area, even if, even if that's a single family zone, um, as long as that area is close to, is a certain proximity to a, um, Transit stop. Transit hub. Um, and with certain conditions, they may be able to get up to three additional units on top of that. Um, the, and this is kind of where the fight comes from. And I know Kristen will weigh in more, but for example, a lot of the local cities, but all the local cities that I've talked to are saying, well, hey, that's local control. You can't take local control away from us. Um, Sacramento mm -hmm. is saying, well, you know, this, we need more housing. Housing needs to go somewhere. I've heard some voices, and one of the voices at this housing forum tomorrow may well come out and say cities are just dragging their feet and not putting more housing up there. Um, what other partisans or other supporters of SB 50 that I hear are saying is, for example, SB 50 actually may um, may preserve some local control. Um, you know, for example, by saying that it needs to. It needs to. Um, I'm sorry, I'm losing my note here. It needs to stay within certain height <laughs> maximums and design standards in the in the community, and so they're kind of sharing that dialogue back and forth this way. And I know this is going to be a push and pull both ways. What's most interesting to me about this on this bill is whatever the fate is of SB 50, I'm most interested in the dialogue that comes out of it. So what I'm seeing is that. The, that Sacramento and local cities are frankly talking past each other and they're every, everyone's in their own corners and saying, you know, the local cities are saying correctly, they're saying we need to have local control for how we plan in our areas mm -hmm. and that's correct. But mm -hmm. meanwhile, Sacramento is also saying, look at guys, we're really frustrated because there are, there's no, there's no place to live. There are no, there's not enough housing units. We need more housing units. In other words, right. Right. You know, if you're a homeowner, then you're stoked that you have so much equity because your house is worth so much. You know, but if you're yeah. if you're aspiring, if you need to move, if you want to buy, then you're you're almost out of luck in so many cases. It's this is now, not sustainable. Now, Chris, Christian, right. I I mm -hmm. am yeah. a gold bug from way back, and in the gold and precious metals industry, the issue of supply and demand is well, well understood. And if you can constrain supply, obviously you demand increases, price goes up, and that's a great thing if you're a gold bug and if you're a precious metals uh, dealer and or investor. But in the world of housing, Christian, the issue of supply and demand is out of control in California. Correct. Yeah. Well, and that, so uh, every, everything David has, yeah, uh, D David has made a, a lot of valid points over the past, you know, uh, 25 minutes or so. Uh, you're absolutely right. We, uh, there is a housing crisis, even if some people want to say there isn't. And the, the reason there's a housing crisis is because people want to live and work and the jobs are here in, in not just Southern California, but in California in general, right? Uh, so 
but the fact of the matter is, is that people want to come here and work, but they can't afford to live here. Uh, you know, my, my house, which I bought in 2005, uh, you know, would, would not really be affordable, you know, at this point in time. So people are, are taking on huge loans to move into, you know, the South Bay or, or other, you know, beach communities, uh, or they're moving further out, you know, into the Inland Empire, and then they are creating our congestion and traffic issues. So, uh, so really, this is mm. a very complex issue. And, and it, you know, the tentacles reach out into a variety of different, you know, sectors, whether that be uh, the, the economics, uh, the traffic, you name it. So, um so uh, the, what Sacramento is doing, as, as David was trying to point out, is they're trying to fix the problem from that, you know, 30,000 foot level. But inadvertently, as a result of their trying to fix it or, or, or do something, uh, you're creating this, uh, this, this rub with all the municipalities who are saying, hey, you know, a one-size-fits-all approach uh, does not work for us. Each city is different. You know, Redondo Beach is different than Riverside, which is different than, you know, somewhere up in, you know, the Central Valley or, or even up north. You know, you can't treat every city the same way. And Scott Weiner, who uh, wrote 827 and, and is also the, the person behind SB50, comes from San Francisco, which is a totally different nut. You know, it's a metropolitan area. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, I said to him once when I, when I ran into him, you know, we just need flexibility. I get what you're trying to do. Uh, you know, I, I really understand it on a philosophical level, but, you know, we, we each have to figure out how do we do our own part um, uh, with, without creating a, a bigger problem down the line. So, uh, so mm -hmm. David's right. You know, there, there's going to be, we, we will need more housing stock, uh, but that's everywhere, you know, and uh, as we've pointed out in some council meetings where we had SCAG come in and talk about RENA numbers, which is basically the state's, uh, the state's existing way of saying how much you should be building in your city. Every, every city is assigned a uh, RENA number. Um, there's uh, the formula they use has not necessarily been fair. So, you know, if Redondo, for, by example, has uh, somewhere between 13 and 1400 uh, uh, as, as their assigned Rena number, but Hermosa Beach has two, how does that make sense? You know, we're we're all kind of equally built out. You know, but you have other cities, you know, maybe a little bit further east that that have the capacity but have super low Rena numbers. So. I think uh, to David's point, you know, people being in their far corners on this issue is not how we're going to solve it. Uh, there has to kind of, we have to right. kind of come to the middle somehow. Um, and I, and I, I don't have the answer on how that's done because, you know, again, it's, it's super complex and there are issues of, of also affordability. You know, it's not just affordability in the sense that we're pricing out people from, moving into the South Bay. It's also, we are pricing out people who are typically going to work uh, lower income paying jobs, but they're commuting so far that they're creating a lot of the other issues that, that tend to have people take that stance of, well, I don't want anybody else coming here, you know? So uh -huh. it, 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 it's like mm -hmm. the dog chasing the tail. We get into this really complex um, you know, discussion and people, people taking those staunch corner positions doesn't allow us to find um, ways to solve, you know, the issue. 
Uh, Christian, I wanted to mention you just you just recently had um, a, 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 a seminar conference, a town hall meeting on uh, bringing technology, uh, uh, rethinking downtown Torrance, maybe bringing in uh, uh, the technology sector. Was that? Was, did you just have that the other day? Well, I, I went to that. That was Tim Goodrich from the city of Torrance who oh. hosted that. Oh. Uh, oh, okay. And he okay. was, sorry, sorry, sorry. you know, he, he was trying to engender a conversation about, you know, uh, very similar to like what uh, I've been talking about here in Redondo with Artesia or, or the waterfront, right. You know, how do we um, reinvest and reinvigorate, you know, uh, certain areas of our city. In his case, he was focusing on the old Torrance area. So, Okay, so I'm sorry, um, but actually, I'm so confused. Yeah. <laughs> so, so many cities, That's so okay. many city council people. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Mm. All right, so, um, okay, one of the things, uh, David, that bothers me about this, as 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 Christian said, from the top down, it's very hard. All of these all of these cities are different, but what I think about is, and and it comes to mind just. First, off the top of my head, I know back back east, some of those adorable towns in New England um, that have so much charm. You know, there are there are places like that in Southern California, but I'm just for whatever reason I'm picturing the New England towns in Maine and New Hampshire and Vermont. They they just got so much charm because they have all this history and they're not built out and and there and there are places like that in California that. A bill like this will kill. I, I mean, like Solvang, for instance. You know, some some of these towns throughout Central California that have their own, you know, culture, character, and a bill like this, if it's going to be across the board, is is going to will will probably kill the character of these towns. It, it, you understand what I'm because saying? Because someone's going to. Because someone's going to uh, move in and build a huge development near a transit center, but something like that, yeah. So not necessarily huge development, but if if it's if it's one of these quaint little uh, coastal towns or valley towns mm-hmm. that have a certain look and charm and character, and then somebody from Sacramento says, uh, "Yeah, you need twenty percent more housing here, um, and you can go up three feet, uh, three stories, you know, and everything else is single story." Is that what people are afraid of? That you know, that is what people are afraid of. But I want to just sort of think through this bill because that's a valid point you bring. So, this particular bill, as I read it, um, it, it would allow up to four units on a piece of property, and you can go up to a handful of units above that. Um, I think three. So, it ex- in, in you know extreme cases, maybe seven units. Um, and then there's mm-hmm. also provision that I understand has been inserted into the bill, which is re- require you to stay within certain height maximums and designs and community design standards. So if I was going to build something in Solvang, um, I would, you know, say, oh, I want to put four units here, maybe get permission for three more units here. Then, you know, I would, in theory, have to build to the Solvang design standards. So I'd have to whip out all of my Danish architecture guidebooks and come up with something mm. that is a fit, or I can't do it mm-hmm. um it might and then the other question level. it might happen because it's solving. maybe maybe and, and you know and then sure. and then the other part of it is is it going to destroy the community so i don't know the answer to that that, that is also kind of um with, with due respect it's also it's a very personal view it's a it's a subjective question what does it mean 
when you know your community or your street is destroyed or is damaged beyond belief or is changed, I think is what we're really talking about here. It's just some sort of a change coming in to there. Um, and that's everyone, some people are gonna say, well, four units where there used to be one is not going to kill my community and other people are having panic attacks about it, you know, saying, no, no, this is terrible. And that again comes down to the, the density question, like how much density is okay? How many more units can we squeeze in here? Um, in well, I, 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 that's interesting. No, that's very interesting. I can I can totally see that. And it's one thing mm-hmm. if it's one 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 home one property owner on the block going from uh, say, say it was say he had a storefront and he decided he wanted to build some apartment or condo units on top of it. Yeah. But the minute all the other people start doing it, uh, it will change the character. And 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 why is it? Why am I getting? You know, this always happens. Yeah, it'll affect places like uh, Sac- uh, Santa Monica and maybe San Clemente and Redondo mm-hmm. Beach and Torrance. But why do I get the feeling that places like Bel Air and Carmel are going to find ways to get around this? Because uh, you know, because what's good, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. But mm-hmm. they, they're, these very wealthy communities always seem to find a way to to not have their it ain't, uh, culture it, change. It, it, it ain't happening character. in Beverly Hills. It ain't happening yeah. in Beverly Hills. Well, I, well, I just the, don't see it being fairly, well, the, fairly. The, the, the line, you so, know, the, the bill has gotten a little bit more complicated itself just in the past few weeks because uh, um, in order to get it out of one of the committees, Senator Weiner uh, made a deal with the author of another bill, SB4, where they kind of compromised and combined their bills. So, uh, So now they've, to, to your point, Jackie, you know, it, if you if you kind of start at the the, the beginning, you know, uh, they will uh, the bill automatically will look at does the site have existing rental housing or is it in a very high fire hazard zone or is it in a coastal zone in a city with a population of under fifty thousand? If that's the case, then there's there's no change to the zoning, you know, um, and supposedly SB fifty is then designed to protect tenants and agriculture, industrial land, yada, 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 right? If, if, if you move past that segment, right, is the, is the site in a low-income, low-income sensitive community, uh, then, then it moves into more of a community planning process, right, which is what Redondo is going through now, a kind of a, a general plan type thing. If you're not in a low-income uh, sensitive community, then it goes into like this tier of like, well, what is your county population? So is your county population over 600,000 or is it under 600,000? If you're over 600,000, like we are here in Los Angeles County, then it, it automatically breaks into this bucket of are you near rail, ferry, or, or bus services? Um, and, and the bus <laughs> yeah. services are based, the bus, ser, the bus lines are based on a certain timing, right? How often is the bus line coming by? So uh, a corridor like PCH, clearly could have issues. Um, we're not quite, uh, I've heard mixed, uh, mixed feelings on this. I think right now PCH might not actually fall into uh, being under the, uh, the bill, but if the timing of, and the frequency of the buses was to change just so slightly, it, it could be. And then you have this, these radiuses, right? So if you're within a quarter mile of a frequent stop, then you can build up to 55 feet um, on on a particular lot. If you're within a half mile, it could be 45 feet. 
um, David was mentioning, you know, the fourplexes and the triplexes. And that's, um, that was part of what the SB4 bill was about, right, where it would create like this, um, it would make fourplex apartments by right, you know, so that, hey, anytime you were having turnover on a lot, you could automatically just upzone that lot to a fourplex. You know, clearly that would really tick people off that live in an R1 neighborhood or even an R2 neighborhood. <laughs> um, so, so it, it's, it's, it's really complicated and I think it's hard for any, I mean, it's hard for me as an elected official to wrap my head around it sometimes because it keeps changing. You know, it's, it's just going to be really challenging for us all to figure out how does this affect our, our cities and how hard do we want to push back or, or how do we want to work with these individuals if they're even willing to work with us towards, uh, towards finding a solution that is, you know, that's going to work to all the issues that David brought up earlier. Right. And, and Jackie, and I wanted to go back to your other question about um, is, this, is, is it it's going to change the community? Right. The answer is yes. It is going to change the community. Um, it won't change it tomorrow. If the bill is passed tomorrow, it won't change the day after. It will change over 20, 30 years, maybe 40 years. So, if the bill passes tomorrow, then all of a sudden the day after tomorrow, you're not going to see every building on your block, you know, between four and seven stories. That the the economy would that that's that you can't do that. It doesn't work that way. So it would be on an individual basis as property owners choose to do that or have the investment or the desire to do that, or maybe they sell their property and someone else does that in the future. Uh, neighborhoods change regardless. They're going to change, and they'll change in one way or another. If we sit around and do literally nothing, if we all pack up and go home, our neighborhoods are still going to change. And so this is a way of influencing and thinking about how they're going to change in the future and what does that mean? Um, like, you know, well, where well, are kids well, going David, to live? David. Christian, like, how is the, his neighborhood going to lurk and his district going to lurk uh, yeah. look in the future? But David, David, the very simple metric that you're mm -hmm. talking about is simply in the future, will my neighborhood be more dense or less dense or the same and those people that say, well, throughout California, some communities have to be more dense to accommodate mm -hmm. more people and more housing, or else it's going to get worse in terms of the housing crisis. And some people, as you well know, and Christian extremely well knows, some people, mm -hmm. even some people in politics, are saying we want to be less dense in the future. And that's insane. That, that you're okay, right about well, that. There's actually even some real estate agents that say the very same thing. So there's a variety, huge number of opinions. Um, and not every community should be dense, but you know, we we have to look around and say, do we have what, what do we have today? Is it sustainable? And no, it's not for the reasons that we just talked about today. Okay, so I just got a couple of things to say. I know David. I I, I totally understand why realtors. Um, um, are, would would love to ha have this happen. I get that. That's their business. I get it. And, mm -hmm. But um, but I, I and what you what what somebody was saying about uh, I I don't know who was saying about how uh, neighborhoods are going to change. They always do. And in Redondo, like other parts of other beach cities, uh, it, mm -hmm. it it's happened a couple of times. It happened back in the. I wasn't here back then. I think it was the late 60s, early 70s when what was essentially downtown Redondo was scraped and all those condos went up 
on Catalina. You know, that was part of it. But even since I've been here in the last 30 years, many, many, many single-family homes have been torn down and either two or four on a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, townhouses, we've seen a lot of that. And what it all comes down to is property owners. You know, if property owners can – somebody can sell their home – uh, to somebody who's going to build four on a lot, they're going to make more money. It always comes down to the dollar, you know. It always does. Uh, and, and and we and and that was another, you know, we went through another fifteen, twenty years of that, you know. So so you're right. The mm-hmm. the, the landscape has changed. The neighborhoods have changed. Um, I I personally just really don't care for, as you said, from thirty thousand feet up, try you know, with a heavy foot coming down and trying to, you know, treat all neighborhoods the same. Um, I I don't want Pacific Coast Highway in the South Bay to become Olympic Boulevard. Um, I, you know, I, I I don't want to see that happen. Um, yeah, you're right. That's a valid point. I agree. I actually yeah, agree with you. So, that's, that's a very you know, valid point. You know, this uh, this but, but, is a, a big same, at the same token. Jackie, go ahead. At the same yeah, token, yeah. PCH or Artesia, some of the arterials. Um, and, and actually, our, our you know, going back to your question about mixed use earlier, right, those, if, if we're really talking about this from a more kind of scientific perspective, right, those are the places where the, it's probably better to have, like, the mixed use density scenario as opposed to in an R1 neighborhood that exists already or, you know, or an area that, that is already dense that's R3, R4, you know. So, yes. um, so the, you know, the, the, we, we have – you know, if you look at our existing zoning, there's there's a method to why it, it is that way. Like along PCH, you know, in certain areas, it's it's mixed use, and then it, it kind of tears back, right? It's like R4, R3, R2, and then R1 peeling away from the, the major corridor. And I, I think there was a reason why they came up with that. Now, clearly, some people in our community say that that's disastrous and it doesn't work, and, and I'm not sure if they're right or, or wrong, you know, because I don't think it's really fully been proven out. But you, um, but what we, what we need – David's right. Everything is going to change. If you go back to, like you were talking about, when downtown was raised and the condos came up, right, that, that created a really bad taste in, in just about every historical – of somebody who's lived here their entire lives. Oh, mouth. I haven't lived here. Uh, in it. I have a bad taste in my mouth about it. Yeah, I've only been here thirty so, years. So, I, I so, see pictures of it. I have a very bad taste in my mouth about that. What happened there? And and that is that is what has created this lingering animosity over over change in Redondo Beach in particular, right? Uh, especially mm-hmm. when you speak to to a lot of our older residents. So, um, so there's a distrust for change, but change is going to happen. The 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 area of Redondo I live in used to be farms and. Uh, you know, and at some point called felony flats, and you know, so uh, the the change will happen. You know, and and David's right. I think what they're trying to do is create a baseline um, guideline for how does change happen in a in a prescribed way over time, and everybody understands what that's going to be. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that this bill is is exactly what we need. You know, that's why we are unanimously in Redondo against it, and most communities are against it. But um, but at some point, uh, if this bill goes down in flames, or the governor chooses not to sign it, um, another bill is going to come up next year. And and that's, so that's exactly to, David, right. to David's earlier point we're going to have to figure out how to have the dialogue with Sacramento because they're going to keep trying 
to effectuate a change and and a comp and and change this dynamic uh, in the in the housing world, and uh, and so I, I I take the position of even though I'm against this bill and I was against 827 that we will have to uh, work in partnership with Sacramento. Uh, so that they don't run roughshod over us and strip away our, our local control and flexibility completely. All right. Well, listen, we're running out of time. David, last word. You know, I think that I think that last comment was spot on, Joe. I mean, you, you know, this bill, it, there's going to live or die, and there's going to be one behind that and behind that one and behind that one, and this will go on for quite some time, um, you know, until voices both in Sacramento and – locally come together and really work things out. So Redondo Beach on this one is clearly not going to build 3 million units and solve all of California's problems. And yet that is exactly what Sacramento is looking at. And that is what, you know, real estate agents are looking at in this community as a whole is again, where are your kids going to live? You know, it's a, it's a fascinating topic. It's not going away anytime soon. Um, okay. It's no. really hard. Okay. I, I want, if anything that goes through, I want the guinea pig to be Bel Air and Carmel and and La Jolla. I, I want I want the nicest I want the nicest towns in California to be the first ones that these things are pushed on and 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 once I see that happening then we can discuss this. Tell that to I'm going to put in, in that in word Sacramento. for you, Jackie. I promise. But, put put that word in for me, Joe. Let's Joe. Let's wrap this up. Let's let's wrap this up, Joe. Uh, Christian Horvath, um, you uh, do a great job representing District 3 in Redondo. Thank you very much for joining us today. Sure. And David, uh, we're going to have... I'm sorry? No, I said thanks for having me. David? Yes, Okay, sir. great. You're very yes. welcome. And thank you for joining us, David. Uh, David Kissinger, we always have a great time when you join us. And uh, we look forward to having you again because real estate is on the mind of those that live in the South Bay. And Jackie, thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure, Joe. Great show. We're going to do this again. We promise we're going to do this again. Uh, And uh, please join us for tomorrow's show, and uh, we'll see you then. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you.